Brick Lane Brewing. They're doing very tasty things. Find Brick Lane in all good bottle shops. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Hello and welcome to Dwayne's World. Great to have your company wherever you might be listening around the planet, either locally or through the SEN app overseas. Great to have you for Midday Madness. It's for Work Locker, Karen Downs and Packenham. Work where for wherever you work. And the bottom line is you call, you get on. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. You call, you get on for the next, well, it's normally two hours. It's only an hour and a half today because we've got the 50-over cricket coming your way from Canberra. So jump on the line now and we will get you on. one three hundred. 736736, anything in the world of sport you'd like to discuss, we'll get you on. Dwayne's World for Brick Lane Brewing. They're doing very tasty things at Brick Lane. Find Brick Lane in all good bottle shops. And for Athena Home Loans, be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. As I just mentioned with Jared, I think the, I think the, well, the AFL season is not that far away. I said yesterday that the AFL is wasting Feb. We could have something on in Feb. It's good to see that. A couple of the teams are going to start owning Feb. If the AFL doesn't want it, then at least Richmond and Collingwood look like they're going to grab part of it and have a charity match on in every Feb. And it'll be Tuesday, Feb 27 at Icon Park, as Jared's been talking about, which makes sense to me, especially if they want to make it a marquee game. I think it'll eventually be on the weekend before. So it'll be on that Feb 20-odd weekend and have a one-off game across that weekend and let all the other preseason games be played. So... Yeah, if Collingwood and Richmond want to own that part of Feb, then good on them. We'll talk more about that a little bit later on. But I think, as I mentioned yesterday, Feb's wasted. A few te- uh, texts coming through on that. Uh, will the Charity Shield game be televised? Stephen Glenoris, yes, it will be. Fox footy is televising all the preseason games this year, as we always do. But off the top, mentioned with Jared, the Tom Lynch injury is not going to be playing round one, but he looks like he's going to be up for being included in Richmond's team round two. Now, he might play VFL for a week and then come back into the team, but I've ranked my top fantasy footy. I've been looking at, I've been studying for the opening round of the season, trying to work out exactly where I'm at, where all the teams are at, where their lists are at. Every February, that's what I do. I'd like to be seeing more footy and I'll be watching plenty of training coming up in the next couple of weeks and trial games coming up in the next couple of weeks. But I wouldn't mind your input into this I've got my top 25 forwards in the comp. If you're playing fantasy footy, this coming season, it's our first season for a decade plus without the number one forward of the modern era. The number one forward for the last 10 years has been Lance Franklin. So we're about to see a major change. We're also about to see a huge new crop come through. Logan McDonald, Jai Amos, Jacob Van Royen, Riley Philthorpe, Ollie Henry, uh, Ben King, if you want to include Ben King, there's a few new forwards coming through that would be hoping to be top 20, top 25 come the end of the year. But I'll give you my top 25 right now and take your calls on yours. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 or 433 if you'd like to send through a text on the 40 Winks Temper Text, the all-new Temper Pro, T-E-M-P-U-R. Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. Temper mattresses like no other. No Lance Franklin this year for the first time in a long time. But I still think Charlie Curnow would have been number one anyway. 81 goals last year. He is the new king. He's got the word at his feet, Charlie Curnow. And I think he'll have a good final series this year. So I've got Charlie Curnow at one. Toby Green at two. He can beat you multiple ways, Toby Green. In the air, on the ground, on the lead. He can beat you at stoppage as well. He scores a lot from being able to bamboozle those trying to follow him through stoppage. Toby Green, number two. 
Jeremy Cameron, number three. At his best, he could be number one again. He was, he has been number one for periods of his career, Jeremy Cameron. I think he'll bounce back this year. Uh, Charlie Cameron, I've got at four. 59 goals last season. I think he's the best small forward in the comp, Charlie Cameron. I'd take him at four if I was playing fantasy footy and it came down to the top three being gone. Who would I take next? I'd take him ahead of Joe Danaher. And he was back to his best last year, Joe Danaher. Not just consistent, but reliable and accurate. Kick 61-37. I like the new Joe Danaher. Few Essendon fans probably don't, but I love the new Joe Danaher. Got him at five. Jesse Hogan at six, showing why he was a priority draft pick. He's matured now, and he's at the height of his powers, Jesse Hogan. 49 goals last year. Max King at seven. Might be a little high for some, but and it's a little speculative, but if the Saints fire and Max fires, then it's going to go a long way to Max maybe being higher than seven come the end of this year. Jamara Ugalhagen at eight. Fingers crossed he continues to improve this year, but I think he's a ripper. Tom Lynch is the one that I'm slipping in if he's injury-free into the top 10. But if he's going to be missing games, I probably wouldn't even have him in the top 25. But that was the interesting story for me today. How long is Tom Lynch going to be out? But I've got him at nine. He's too good to leave out if he's going to be injury-free. Oscar Allen at 10. West Coast Eagles won't win many games, which is his problem. But I do think Oscar Allen is one of the rising stars of the comp. Tom Hawkins I've still got at 11. He's a year older. He's nearing the end, which is why he's not top 10 anymore. But he's still a gun. Aaron Norton at 12. Got all the weapons. Just needs to start kicking straighter. But I think he could be the best centre-half forward in the comp. Depends on where Bevo plays him, I think. I think he's a centre-half forward. And hopefully he plays there. And he's not going to be relied necessarily on having to kick goals from 20 or 30 out. Uh, I'm hoping he plays centre-half forward all year. Taylor Walker at 13. Getting old, but 76 goals last year. Nick Larkey, 71 goals, 24 last year. Accurate, but still, you don't know how good he is until North get out of the bottom three or four and start rising up the ladder. Isaac Henney, I've got on trust at 15. I'm giving him one more chance to show consistency. At 16, Brodie Majacek. Mr. Reliable, needs recognition, Brody Majacek. He might not be one of the big names of the comp, but he just plays pretty well every week. So I've got to have him in my top 20. Mitch Lewis at 17. It's a chicken and the egg. I think if he's good, then Hawthorne's going to be good. And if Hawthorne's good, then he's going to be good. So Mitch Lewis, I think, is going to have a big year. I've still got Harry Mackay in the top 20. I think he's a centre-half forward. Hopefully he fixes his goal kicking. Tom Papley, I've got at 19. 37 goals last season. And round out the top 20, well, is Tom Papley the best small forward? Is he the best small forward? I've got Bobby Hill at 20. I've got Isaac Rankin at 21. I've got Cozzy Pickett at 22. So you can argue who the best small forward is. Is it Bobby? Is it Isaac? Is it Cozzy? Is it Tom Papley? I've got Charlie Dixon in the top 25 at 23. I'm taking a punt on Charlie. I think he's going to play full forward all year now that Port have two ruckmen. So Charlie won't have to ruck. Port can ruck Soldo and Sweet if they want to, or just Ivan Soldo. Charlie will be full forward. I've got Jamie Elliott at 24. He's been too good for too long to leave out of the top 25. He did fade a little last year. And Cole Langford at 25. 51 goals last season, ninth in the Coleman. And there's a whole list of young guns I've left out of the top 25. Logan McDonald, Jai Amos, Jacob Van Royen, Riley Thilthorpe, Ollie Henry, Ben King. So your thoughts on that? one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number if you want to jump on the line and talk 
the top forwards in the competition, given I think I'm going to play some fantasy footy this year for the first time ever, and I'm going to have to pick my forward line. Got a few things to give away. Signet Boost Power Banks, valid at $44.95. A Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24-7. We've got 18 holes of golf for you and a mate with a cart down at Club Mandalay, clubmandalay.com.au. You can have a cart and play midweek, a couple of you, for just $99. Tickets to the Beer Fest at Katani Gardens, St Kilda as well. And we've got some Brick Lane dining experiences for two, including a three-course meal and Brick Lane beers. Brick Lane's One Love Pale Ale is the taste of summer. Your thoughts on that? Michael in Gladstone Park. Welcome to you, Michael. How are you, Russ? Good to have you, Michael. What have you got for me? What about Luke Bruce? Yeah, he's getting on a bit, Luke Bruce, but he had an outstanding season last year. I'm with you on that, but I couldn't... Who am I kicking out of my top 25 to get him in? Jamie Elliott? Um, Cozzy Pickett, Isaac Rankin. I reckon he had a better year than Jamie Elliott. He probably did, but Jamie Elliott still kicked... Well, how many goals did Jamie Elliott kick? He still kicked a fair few, Jamie Elliott. I still think he kicked around 40 goals in the end. But, yeah, I'm happy to take that one on the nose. You might be right. I should have put him in. But, geez, some good ones I haven't put in. Uh, There's a good couple on the list that... Including Cam Zerha, I haven't got him in there, so a few people will probably come at me for not putting Cam Zerha in. Michael and Gladstone, oh, sorry, Geraldine and Selby. What can you do, Geraldine? Hi, Dwayne. How are you? Good, thanks. Just surprised you haven't got a guy in who kicked six goals in the Premiership win. Who's that? Bailey Fritch. Ah, uh, that's true. Yes, Geraldine, I'm okay. I haven't got any. Melbourne player in there outside of Cozzy Pickett. Would you put Bailey Fritch in as a better forward for Melbourne than Cozzy Pickett? Should I have Bailey in and Cozzy out? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. As a goal kicker, yep. Yeah, he is reliable. He is absolutely reliable and he kicks straight, Geraldine. You might have me with that one. Hold the line. You've got a Signet Boost Power Bank valid at forty four ninety five coming your way. A Signet Boost Power Bank will get your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7. Uh, Dwayne wants to pass mark with Jack Darling. Well, He's injured at the moment as well. One here on the text, I'd put Darcy Fogarty ahead of Thilthorpe. Fair enough. Uh, Dwayne, yeah, as per usual, you've completely ignored Essendon. Kyle Langford at uh, 25. Well, who, do, who does Kyle Langford go above? I mean, is he a better forward? Is he still a better forward than Brody Mychek? Is he a better forward than Isaac Heaney? I have got him in the top 25. He was ninth in the Coleman. Um, uh, Isaac Henney and Elliot before Bruce? No. Well, I'd probably take Isaac Henney on trust because I do think he's a gun. And Jamie Elliott's been too good for too long to leave out. Keep your text coming through. Hey, Dwayne, did you mention Shea Bolton? I think he's going to play further up the field. So I still think he's more of a wing. He plays that high. But if he plays close to goal, I'm with you. He would be one of the best forwards in the comp. But I think he's going to play high again for Richmond this year. There's a few guys that I think are going to play more midfield minutes that I've left out, and I'll go over that after the break. Keep your texts coming, keep your calls coming. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Midday Madness for Work Locker, Karen Downs and Packingham. Work where, for wherever you work. Brick Lane Brewing. They're doing very tasty things. Find Brick Lane in all good bottle shops. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Throw back to your calls and your texts on the top 25 forwards in the comp heading into 2024. Who you would pick in fantasy footy? And that's the issue with the Luke Bruce comparison with 
I know there's a few coming through on Luke Bruce. He turns 34 this year, Luke Bruce. Jamie Elliott's 31. Jamie Elliott, I know Luke Bruce had a better season last year goal-wise than Jamie Elliott, but I, I know that Jamie Elliott had a lean last half of the season, but I still think that it's not over for Jamie Elliott, whereas for a couple of guys like Tom Hawkins, Luke Bruce, they're a year older this year. I think a few are going to go past them. Nat on the text, only one of those forwards is a Norm Smith medalist and he only just gets into your top 20. Well, if you think I'm a bit high on Bobby Hill at 20 because he's had one good year, but uh, he is a Norm Smith medalist and if you're going to pick someone to be a forward for you in your fantasy team for 2024, I reckon you are probably looking at Bobby Hill and maybe I should be looking at him a little higher. Dwayne, you totally disrespected Larky. Uh, he's second behind Kernow. Cheers, Peter and Werribee. I don't think you can be... I don't think you can be the big gun forward of the competition, the number one forward of the competition, until your team starts playing in big games and is contending for the finals. Nick Larkey's a star. Yep, 71-24 last year. Accurate. But I want to see what he's like in a team that is actually competing for a final spot. And then we'll see the real Nick Larkey. And hopefully we'll see that this year. Pipe, great to be back behind the mower with you again in 2024. Cheers to you, Pete, on the road and on the mower. Flagpies 24, watch this space. Ash Johnson will be in there by the end of the year. Dwayne Peter Wright kicked 65 goals in 2022. Injured last year, fully fit now. Replaced Charlie Dixon. Uh, you know, the thing about Charlie Dixon, and one here, no Todd Marshall. I'd have him any day before Heaney, AJ. Yeah, Todd's not consistent enough for me either yet. I think he's got a lot of improving to do, Todd Marshall. And the reason I've got Charlie Dixon in and not Todd Marshall is because, as I mentioned, this coming year, and this is based on who you'd pick for this year, Port have Ivan Solo and Jordan Sweet to ruck. Charlie can finally play full forward. Shane and Cram, and welcome to you, Shane. Well, I've got to take you to task, mate. I'm sorry, but the, the text message person had it on the button to Nick Larkey. Um, yep. Best, gets the best defender every week. So I know Kurnow gets the best defender. Max King, what number does he have Maxie at? Seven. Seven and you got Larky at what, 16? 14. 14. Come on, Pipe. Come on. He's kicked well, 71 goals in a bottom side, getting the best defender every week. Yep. And Max is getting more opportunity and possibly in a better forward line. Larky's, Larky's got Max here. If St Kilda could swap the two of them, they'd do it in a heartbeat. I don't, I don't think so, Shane. Saints Come fans on. out there, if you could swap Max King and Nick Larky in a heartbeat, would you do it? I've got Max King ahead of Nick Larky. Uh, I'm not sure they would, to be honest. And I'm not sure West Coast would swap Oscar Allen, who I've got a 10 for Nick Larky either. Uh, but anyway, Shane, that's the beauty of this. Hold the line, got something for you, just because we disagree. Uh, doesn't mean I don't love you, cool. I'm going to send you down to the Beer Fest at Katani Gardens St Kilda, Saturday, 24th of February. Get your tickets at www.beerfestivals.com.au you've got three tickets or if you don't drink you can head down to Club Mandalay on us take this prize instead 18 holes of golf with you and a mate and a cart get 18 holes of golf for two with drinks and a cart midweek for just $99 at clubmandalay.com.au Jeff in Mount Lakes welcome to you Jeff Hey Dwayne yeah I've got a little bit of an issue with yeah, you've got Tom Lynch at nine um, I think you've got Tom Hawkins Larky and even Walker above him. You look at what happened with Hawkins last year, no pre-season, he's trying to get in the season, and that's going to be the same with Lynch. Yeah. Larky's going to get a lot more opportunity this year. Um, Hawkins, I'd probably have 
Larky at nine. Probably, I'd, look, as a Geelong supporter, you know, I love it. But I'd even have Walker above Hawkins just because of what Walker did last year. Then I'd have Hawkins. He's had a full pre-season, so he's going to be hitting the ground running this year, whereas he didn't last year, so he should kick 50. I would be surprised if Larky kicks 80, 85 this year because North is going to improve. And the prediction is they're going to win half a dozen games compared to three last year. So I think you've got Larky way too low. Um, and I'd, I'd certainly uh, be putting him even above Max King like the other supporters said. Fair call, Jeff. The interesting part to me about... Well, I, I probably should have not put Tom Lynch in given the news this morning that came through an hour. But I did this pretty early this morning. I did this at 7 o'clock this morning. Went through it for a couple of hours. And then the news came through that Tom Lynch is going to miss round one. So maybe I should have kicked Tom Lynch out of the top ten. And that would move Larky up to 13. But I would still I would still take Max King right now ahead of Larky. Um, but uh, one here, would swap Larky in a heartbeat for King. Another one here, Larky ten times the player Max King is. When North midfield improves, uh, Larky will win multiple Coleman's in the future from a Bombers supporter. Uh, Pipe, it's harder to hit goals in a struggling team. North being a bottom side makes what Larky has done more impressive. Uh, Thruly in Bannockburn. Thanks for that. Um, I feel like half the AFL defenders can empty there. Uh, I'm trying to... The texts are coming through that quick. It's hard for me to read them. G'day, Dwayne. So what about swapping Oscar Allen for Max King? Well, I think Oscar Allen and Max King is a... That's a discussion I'm probably more inclined to have. If you want to convince me that Oscar Allen is going to be better forward at the end of this year than Max King... I'm happy to say that you might be right because I think Oscar Allen is a star on the rise with a bullet. The trouble is the West Coast Diggers won't win many games this year, which is going to be his problem. The Saints could be top four. If you listen to Kingy, they're going to be top four. They could be top six. So to be a really good forward in a top six team versus a really good forward in a bottom three team as the West Coast is going to be, it makes a fair difference to me. And one here, if you think you can't be the best forward in a bottom team, you're forgetting about Tony Lockett. Nick Larkey's good, but he's not Tony Lockett. Can we just put that to bed? He's good, but he's not Tony Lockett. King brothers are duds, injury prone. There's a bit of that coming through as well. Uh, Dwayne, where's Tim Membry? Well, I couldn't put Tim Membry into the top 25. I didn't put Eric Hipwood into the top 25. I didn't put Darcy Fogarty into the top 25. Not Riley Philthorpe in there. Not Jai Amos in there. There's some good ones that aren't in there. Ollie Henry, didn't put him in the top 25. Luke Bruce, obviously, and Bailey Fritch. So if you want to bang the list out to 30, that's the hard part. Who else are you putting in? Bailey Fritch, this is on the text. If he stays injury-free, will be All-Australian this year and a Coleman medalist. Paul from Melton, uh, thanks for that. And Pipe, Aaron Cadman is a cheap ruffie. He's on my bench. Luke Jackson also given he plays that swing ruck forward. Well, that's the other issue with this, and that is um, it's only permanent forwards for me that I've... If you're a ruck forward, I haven't included it, and if you're a a midfield forward that I haven't included. I mean, Christian Petrarca, you could argue, or Dustin Martin are better forwards than half the guys in the top 25 that I've listed, but they're midfield forwards as opposed to permanent forwards. Tony in East Melbourne, welcome to you, Tony. Hey, Dwayne, how are we? Good. First and foremost, Larky is not a Tony Lockett. Every North supporter knows that. But just think, he's a young bloke. 
He'll have more opportunity with the ball coming at him. He's put on another kilo or so in muscle, so he's not going to be buffeted around as much. And one thing everyone forgets, his second efforts are outstanding. When he gets to the ground, he doesn't stay on the ground. He's back on his feet, and he's at it again. So they're, they're the attributes of Larky. That's why we like him so much. Well, I've got a couple coming at me too, Tony. One here, Dwayne. I used to rate you as a smart broadcaster. Having Larky that low is an absolute disgrace. But then there's another one. Max King has played in the bottom side his whole career bar one season. That season, he played injured and averaged three goals a game. King over Larky every day. Uh, one here on the text. Is Jesse Hogan in? Absolutely. I've got Jesse Hogan at six. I think Jesse Hogan is showing why he was a priority pick. He's mature now. He's at the height of his power. So... Yeah, Jesse's top six for me. Keep your text coming through, 0433 98 11 16. Or if you want to jump on the open line, still got a few things to give away, including some Dwayne Ford t-shirts. 1300 736 the number. It's Midday Madness for Work Locker, Karen Downs and Packing and Workwear for wherever you work. A 90-minute show today for Midday, Midday Madness because the cricket's coming away from Canberra. So straight back to your calls after news. Remember your calls and your texts, top 25 forwards in the comp. It's going to be up on the SEM website soon, the top 25, my top 25, and I'll run through them again. Uh, Charlie Kerno, Toby Green, Jeremy Cameron, three. Charlie Cameron, four. This is if you're picking players to play for you in 2024. Charlie Cameron at four. Joe Danaher, five. Jesse Hogan, six. Max King, seven. Jamari Hagen eight. Tom Lynch, nine. Oscar Allen, ten. Tom Hawkins, 11. Aaron Norton, 12. Taylor Walker, 13. Nick Larkey, 14. Isaac Heaney, 15. Brady Mychek, 16. Mitch Lewis, 17. And it's a couple here say that, uh, well, they believe I've got Mitch Lewis way too low. Thanks for those texts as well. Mitch Lewis in the top five if he stays on the park. And that's the issue here. You're taking a couple of guys on trust. And as I mentioned, Mitch Lewis is chicken and the egg for me. If he's good, Hawthorne are going to be really good. And if Hawthorne's good, then he's going to be really good. Harry Mackay, I've got at 18. He's still a Coleman medal winner, even... Though he's got to fix his goal kicking to be higher than that at 18. Tom Papley, 19. Bobby Hill, 20. Isaac Rankin, 21. Cozzy Pickett, 22. Charlie Dixon, 23. Jamie Elliott, 24. And Kyle Langford, 25. Keep your calls coming through. one 736 736 the open line number. If you've got a thought on the top 25 forwards in the comp, you take. If you're playing a bit of fantasy footy this year, given that it's changed up a bit this year, no Lance Franklin for the first time in a couple of decades, virtually. The number one forward of the modern era, not playing for the first time this year in quite a few of our memories. Uh, you've got to be kidding me. Max King is a star. There's a bit of that coming through as well on that comparison between Max King. Um, Dwayne Larky's the only guy, one of those top 20 in the comp for accuracy. Yeah, I get that. Absolutely, 100%. I do. And that is one of the beauties of Nick Larky. Uh, Dwayne, how is Stengel not in? Most of the small forwards you had in haven't won an All-Australian and probably never will. Yeah, I reckon there's a good chance Cozzy Pickett will. I reckon there's a chance Isaac Rankin will. And Bobby Hill hasn't won an All-Australian, but he has won a Norm Smith. And top Pap, Tom Papley, I reckon, is a damn good small forward. And I still think the best small forward in the comp right now is Charlie Cameron. So uh, on that score, I don't think... Stengel didn't have a great year last year. Yeah, he had a good year the year before, but... I want to see him perform again this year. That's why I couldn't get him into the top 25. Another here, Dwayne, you keep mentioning Phil Thorpe not in your top 25. This is from a Crows supporter. He should just concentrate on getting in our top 25. Greg, and if you've got a thought as to 
who is the next young gun? Who's going to be the biggest young gun at the end of this season? Is it going to be Logan McDonald as a forward? Jai Amos as a forward? Riley Philthorpe as a forward? Logan McDonald as a forward? Ollie Henry? There's a good young crop coming through, but it is hard to know out of that crop who's going to be the best of them. Uh, throw in Sheasel, and then we'll trade King, Falaki and Sheasel. Thanks for that on the text as well. There's a few Saints supporters on the way back through taking a few North fans down. Ange in Maribyrnong. Welcome to you, Ange. Hey, Dwayne. How you doing? Good, thanks. Uh, mate, how can you not have Peter Wright in there? He wasn't as good last year, Ange, and I think Kyle Langford went past him. Yeah, but he was injured, Dwayne. Yeah, but you've got to take... So you're taking him on trust this year. I didn't put Eric Hipwood in there either. I'd rather have Eric Hipwood playing for me this year than if Peter Wright coming back from injury, Ange. That's the issue. You're taking a few of these guys on trust. I mean, Tom Lynch I put in there on trust and probably shouldn't have. Exactly right, 100%. I mean, you've got a couple of small boards in yeah. there. Okay, they might be 30, maybe 35 goal boards. Peter Wright's a 60 goal board. You know, if he's right this year, he'll kick you 60. There is no two ways, okay? He is a damn good board. And now, now that we've got our youngsters coming up, and especially if this caddy plays, it's going to free him up a little bit. And I'll tell you something now. He's going to be the, the surprise packet of the whole competition this year, I think. Well, he was the surprise packet of the whole comp two years ago when he couldn't get a game for the Gold Coast in his last season there and then came out and ended up being Essendon's best player. So, fair enough. And I'll take it on notice that you think... So, you think I should have him in. He's going to have a better year as a forward than Kyle Langford, who kicked 51 and finished ninth in the Coleman for you last year? 100%. Great to have you, Carl. Hold the line. Got something for you. You've got, uh, we've got tickets to the Beer Fest. You can come down to the Beer Fest if you want at Katani Gardens St Kilda on Saturday, 24th of February. Get your tickets at www.beerfestivals.com.au or I'll send you, we'll send you a Dwayne's World T-shirt if you don't want to go to the Beer Fest or can't get to the Beer Fest or you're a non-drinker. Speaking of Dwayne's World T-shirts, howdy, Dwayne. I'll send you a photo of me in your T-shirt if you send me one. Martin in Nom Pen, including your address. Uh, Martin, um, thanks for sending through your address, and we'll get one to you. Thanks for your text. Keep your text coming, by the way. 0433981116, the text machine for the all-new Temper Pro. Temper's most adaptive mattress ever is here. Temper mattresses like no other. Brick Lane Brewing. They're doing very tasty things. Find Brick Lane in all good bottle shops. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Always love your company for Midday Madness. You call, you get on. That's the Midday Madness promise. Anything in the world of sport you'd like to discuss, we'll get you on for the next... Well, we've got another 45 minutes because the cricket's coming away from Canberra at about 1.30 today. So jump on right now. We'll get you on. one 736 736 that open line number. It's brought to us by Werribee and the EV9 is available to test drive now at Werribee They'd love to see you down there. David, Janan, Aid, Jim, the whole team at Werribee would love to see you. That number brought to us by Werribee Kia for Midday Madness, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Heaps of text coming through as well. One here. Um, Dwayne, you have Max King at seven. And yet his identical twin, Ben, doesn't make it top 25, question mark. Uh, Andrew and Glen Iris, just because they're identical twins, Andrew, doesn't mean I need to have them at equal seven or seven or eight. Um, but I know your point is every club would love to get their hands on Ben King. Absolutely, they would. 
But if you had a choice of getting your hands on some of the other guys on my list ahead of Ben King, you'd probably get your hands on... I reckon you'd probably want to get your hands on Oscar Allen before Ben King. I reckon you'd want to get your hands on Nick Larkey ahead of Ben King or a few of the other guys on the list like Harry Mackay and Mitch Lewis. Uh, so, ben King's an interesting one. I don't know how good Ben King's going to be yet. Um, I haven't even got Eric Hipwood in the top 25, so it's not easy to get into it. There's a few stars like Eric Hipwood, Bailey Fritch, Luke Bruce, who aren't in the top 25. Uh, that bloke's dreaming pipe. They can keep Nick Larkey and will keep Max King. Um, Dwayne, 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 Ben King, 10 times better than Max. Tim, well, the Damien Harbick polish might actually end up making that a correct text. Maybe, maybe. Um, Dwayne, don't you realise Larkey would obviously be the first player to kick 200 goals in a season in a top eight team? I'm not sure Nick will kick 200 in a season if he goes to a top eight team, but maybe we'll find that out if he can kick 200 if North rise up the ladder in a couple of years. Dwayne, small forward, Lockie Schultz. He'll be in your list next year, guaranteed. Kim in Hepburn. Uh, Todd Marshall ahead of Tex Walker. Um, I haven't got Todd Marshall in ahead of Tex Walker. So that's... Well, you think I should have Todd Marshall. I haven't got Todd Marshall in the top 25. I've got Tex Walker in there. I think Tex has proven that he's a bit more consistent and certainly better than Todd last year. I mean, Tex... Last year had another outstanding year. 76 goals last year, even though he's going to be a bit older this year. Pipe, there's no way Jamari Hagen is top 10. He's nowhere as good as, Larky, as good as Larky or Oscar Allen. Deliriously wrong. Um, yeah, maybe I'm a bit high on Jamara at the moment, but I think he's going to have a huge year. What has Mitch Lewis done? Hipwood, Wright, and many more miles ahead of him. Uh, why would you have a bloke on potential? It's because I'm picking someone to play for me in my fantasy forward line for this coming year. So that's why I'm picking blokes on potential because it's about it's not about what they've done in the past. It's not about last year or their body of work for the last 10 years. It's about who are you picking to play for you, fantasy footy, this year, this coming year. Who's going to have the better year? And it might end up being Nick Larkey having a better year than Max King. Uh, Pipe, where's Fritter? Michael from Doreen. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you, Bailey Fritch. Might be a little unlucky not to be in my list. Jono from the Boo. Ollie Henry is a superstar, and don't worry, the Cats will get him a premiership, and Cozzy Pickett's the most overrated of the players in the comp. Um, thank you for your text as well. And Dwayne, your caller wrapping up Peter Wright is delusional. He was terrible last year and should have been dropped. His career is at the crossroads for my Cole in Lara. Thanks for your text as well. Keep your text coming through, 0433 98 11 16. Uh, there's a few that agree with me. I don't read all of the ones that agree with me. Uh, it's nice to read some of the ones that are whacking me because it's just a fun exercise. Dwayne, 100% with you. Peter Wright, inconsistent. Plays his best games under the roof at Marvel. Cheers, John Joe. Thanks. Uh, agree with most of that list and love your creative programming pipe. If you try this list in 2025, I'm predicting that Cody Waitman will be above Pickett and Elliot. Larry from Narry Warren. Thanks for that as well. Keep your texts coming. Keep your calls coming. 0433981116 for the text machine. And the calls, 1300736736. A shortened bidnade madness today for work locker caradowns and packing on workwear for wherever you work. Back to your calls next. Brick Lane Brewing. They're doing very tasty things. Find Brick Lane in all good bottle shops. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. 
Always love your calls for Midday Madness. Midday Madness for Work Locker, Countdowns and Packingham. Work where for wherever you work. Keep your calls coming through. one 736 736 Still got a Brick Lane dining experience for two to give away. Thanks to Brick Lane Brewing. It includes a three-course meal and Brick Lane beers. Brick Lane's One Love Pale Ale, the taste of summer. Still got that to give away as well. So jump on the line. You'll be a chance to win it. If you haven't been down to Brick Lane at Queen Vic Market, it is, uh, it's a beautiful new establishment. Uh, the menu, uh, the chef, the kitchen, it's all fantastic. You can drop in and tell the team we sent you and have a beautiful meal. You don't even have to have one of their Brick Lane beers. It's a ripper. Check it out. Brick Lane Brewing at Queen Vic Market. Back to your calls and your texts. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. that open line number. Brought to us by Werribee Kia, where, of course, you can check out the EV9. You can test drive it today at Werribee Kia. One thing on the text that came through that I did notice, any ideas on what the major club announcement the Swans are going to make today is Dwayne. No, I don't know that one, but if it comes through, I'll certainly bring it to your attention. Um, there's been a bit of talk about the ground in Tassie as well, the, the Macquarie Point venue that the Tasmania team is going to have as its home. There's two options that they've got now, so they're not just considering one option with a roof at Macquarie Point. They've now got two options. One of them's a big venue and one of them's a little one. One of them's a small venue that is only, well, the playing surface is going to be 159 metres long. So it'll be a small venue. The other uh, bigger venue, the playing surface is 171 metres long. What does that mean? Well, 159 is pretty short. So 159 is shorter than Marble Stadium. So 159, well, the MCG is 162. Um, the Sydney Cricket Ground is 155. So it'll, it'll be a relatively short ground if they do it. Is a small boutique ground better or not? You've got the big grounds. Adelaide Oval is 166. So it's, a good, it's going to be a good... Well, what's that going to be? Quite a bit bigger. The other venue that they've got that they're thinking of building at Macquarie Point is 171. So it'll be one of the longest venues at 171, given the Adelaide Oval is 166. And Optus Stadium in Perth is 165. It's a bit of a contrast to me. Either 159 long or 171 long. And they're either thinking of building a little one or a big one. Which one should they build? They're both going to cost the same amount of money, which is a bit weird. Mick in Bandura. Are you there, Mick? Hi, Dwayne. Good to have you. How you going, mate? Listen, Good. I just thought the February football, um, why don't they play the under-19s kids starting in February? That way they're starting early. We can put it on Fox Hell, watch it. And then at the end of the year, if the, play, if the other teams, AFL teams, want to play them in the reserves, they've got the kids there. I don't know if we'd watch under-18 footy at this time of year, Mick, like we probably think we would in, in theory. But we'd certainly watch our senior team, and we'd certainly watch our senior team if it was, you know, even if it was filled with kids. I think we'd still watch it. If it was an under-25 team or you were allowed to play whatever you wanted, but you did fill it with mainly your younger players, given it's so early in the season and you want to save your more senior players. So Collingwood wouldn't necessarily play Scott Pendlebury or Steel Sidebottom, but we'd still get a chance to see Collingwood's new recruits. It'd be nice to be able to see who your club's going to be drafting and things like that too, mate. Yeah, exactly. That's a good point. So maybe you're right. Maybe we should see some under-18 footy. But yeah, I'd just rather footy in general, AFL teams earlier in Feb. But it's good that Collingwood and Richmond are going to lay claim to a, to owning a bit of February with a charity match. As it stands right now, if you haven't heard, they're going to play a charity match as part of 
that pre-season round that Fox Footy is broadcasting live. So the whole pre-season round of footy before the actual season starts is starting Tuesday, Feb 27. So Collingwood and Richmond are going to play a charity game on Tuesday, Feb 27 at Icon Park. But I think it's probably going to make sense that if they make this big, this a big charity game every year, it's going to have a bigger venue than Icon Park and it's probably going to have a standalone weekend fixture. So it'll probably end up being like a Feb 20 at something like a Marvel Stadium, the way I see it, because I think people will go. And the AFL own Dockland, so it's available. If you're going to have a charity game with two of the big gun teams in Melbourne, you might as well get as many in there as possible. And I reckon you get 50,000 in there. So I appreciate your call. Mick, if you've got a thought on that, by all means, jump on the line. Mick in Bandura is heading down to Brick Lane on us. Mick, thanks for jumping on. You've got the dining experience for two, including a three-course meal. And Brick Lane rears one. Brick Lane's one love pale ale is the taste of summer. I'll play a little bit of what Jack Rewatt had to say about the Tassie Stadium after the one o'clock news. So we'll get to that after the one o'clock news. But we'll continue to take your calls for midday madness for work like a Karen Downs and packing them workwear for wherever you work. Dwayne's got a course for Brick Lane Brewing. As I mentioned, they're doing tasty things. Find Brick Lane in all good bottle shops. And we're here for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. Um, surely, Dwayne, this is on the t- on the text from Catter. Hey, Pipe, surely you build the ground in Tassie to be as close to what the MCG dimensions are. There's a lot of finals, and especially the grand final is played there. Another one here, like the under-25 concept. Dwayne, thanks for that. Uh, one here for Tassie. Think big and have vision for the future. Tassie, shifty from Essendon. Appreciate all your texts coming through on that 40 Wings Temper text. One here, Dwayne. Come on. Jai Amos. He's going to be the next 1,000 career goal kicker. That's from Jimmy, who's pretty high on Jai Amos's future. Uh, and one here, there's been a few on Peter Wright. He's been very divisive on the text. Pipe, Peter Wright, Gold Coast, the rap, he's gone. Can't stay on the park, no value for money. Steve-O, and one here from a Carlton supporter as well on the top 25. Kerno, Mackay, and Motlop will all be top 25 after this year. So there he goes, a Carlton supporter thinking that it's going to be a pretty big year for the Blues. Pipe, small boutique grounds are the worst. Can't stand footy at the SCG. Kicking goals from the edge of the centre square is infuriating. Give me the wide expanses and make players accurate. Uh, come on, Pipe, couple of points. Mac 2 is protruding out into the river. So size is not an issue. Mac 1 is very limited. Tucked down in the preferred AFL site. Um, yeah, well, I'm only reading but what the... Hobart Mercury's got one ground's 159 long and one ground's 171 long. So I can only go on what I'm reading. That's the two proposals so far. JB and Hobart, thanks for your text. Back with more of your calls and your texts after the break. You with Wayneswell. Brick Lane Brewing. They're doing very tasty things. Find Brick Lane in all good bottle shops. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Great to have your company for Dwayne's World. Dwayne's World for Brick Lane Brewing. They're doing very tasty things at Brick Lane. Find Brick Lane in all good bottle shops. And for Athena Home Loans, be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. Another half an hour of Midday Madness before we head to Canberra for our commentary team to bring you the last of the three one-day internationals between Australia and the West Indies. one 736 If you'd like to join me on that open line brought to us by Werribee Kia, We'll take your calls for the next half an hour. one 736 736 
And don't forget, if you are in the market for a new car, drop down to Werribee Kia and test drive the EV9. You can test drive it at Werribee Kia today. A few coming through on the Tasmanian Stadium. Let me read in full the text from JB. Hey, bite. Hey, pipe. A couple of points. Mac 2, this is one of the options, is protruding out into the river, so size is not an issue. Mac 1, which is another of the two proposals, is a very limited tuck down in the preferred AFL site. Secondly, Mac 2 is about a five-minute walk from Mac 1 with a heap of corporate investment, a hotel, apartments built into the stadium, a museum, etc., and a total bill of $750 million. Mac 1 will blow out, and you can take that to the bank, and Mac 2 will get the nod, JB in Hobart. So there are two options being considered at the moment. One is 159 metres long, the other one 171 metres long. So two different options and two different grounds virtually. So Jack Rewalt, who has been uh, brought into the team to try and get the whole state behind this new Tassie team, he was on with Andy and Gazy yesterday. Here's what he had to say about the stadium question. Which will be built? Will it be built? Where are you at with the, the venue? Have they sort of... Are they? Is it starting to ease a little bit with um, with all the the conflicting views that were put forward? Are they are they settled? Are they getting closer to settling all the venue issues? Yeah, so it sits at the moment in a in a um, in a project of state significance. So that basically sits at the highest level with government, and they they will deal with that. The, the football club has no direct um, influence on that. That's that's for for, for politics yep. and for and for government. Um, yeah. But what is exciting is there's multiple options now, um, so we can actually there's there's a genuine competition and of, of which stadium's better. Um, on the fact that there's been a, a few knockers, that's something that we've been really strong in promoting as well. That the Tasmanians are really passionate, and whatever they're passionate about, they'll be quite forthright in what they think. And we've really wanted people to to challenge us and challenge things so that we can get the best product we, we know that we're not going to win everyone over there's always going to be people that um won't want to won't want a team down there or, or may have a different view of opinion but it's actually about letting everyone have their say um so we, we really encourage that to to make sure that um it's just not a whole bunch of yes people that are really excited about footy that just pushed ahead and maybe missed something um we actually are really detailed and and diligent about how we we set the, the fundamentals of the organisation up from from obviously playing on the field to, to to off the field, which we know has a direct correlation to to the way a team performs. A little bit of Jack Rewalt yesterday with Andy and Gazy. So we'll give us a call one three hundred seven three six seven three six. One of the proposals is one fifty nine long and one forty six wide. Both the proposals are one forty six wide. The other one though is uh, twelve metres longer at one seventy one. Couple of terrible pipe. Um, why don't we have ovals all the same size? You don't have different size basketball courts or NFL fields. If I was Tassie, I'd make it the exact dimensions of the G. So you're used to the same size ground when the grannies played. Zark in Preston. Yeah, the soccer grounds are different sizes. The EPL has got different sized grounds as well. So not all sports have uniformity, like tennis, etc. And there are some that uh, can certainly pick their own size venue, if you like, or what they've got is their footprint that's available. Dwayne, if we liked pre-season footy, the old competitions would still be going. Plus, imagine if Kurnow or Cripps snapped a tendon. There's only one season that matters, and it isn't pre-season or state of origin. Mortimer in Cranbourne North. And that's why I said yesterday, why doesn't the AFL use February? We might as well play some extra games. Use February, start the season earlier if they want to, and finish it later if they want to as well. And we can almost play each other twice 
if you started in early February and then finished in October rather than September. That was the whole why does the AFL waste September, why does the AFL waste February chat that we had yesterday. Thanks for your text as well. Keep them coming through 0433 98 11 16. It was interesting to hear uh, Kane and Sammy Edmund this morning talking about well, one other thing that's definitely been confirmed that's coming your way is the return of Talking Footy, Trent Cotchin and Joel Selwood are going to be on it. And it is the perfect pairing, I think, to relaunch Talking Footy on Channel 7. Two of the greatest modern leaders the game's seen, premiership stars, icons of the game, highest status in the game possible. So I think the platform is set. This it, It's going to work. It has to work, surely. They're two biggest stars in the game. Everyone's going to be watching to see what it's like early, especially. But if you've got a thought on it, and who would be your dream matchup, your dream pairing, if there was a show? Because there was a suggestion to me that a show with Dustin Martin and Dane Swan would be watched by everyone. I think the days of having politically incorrect guys are gone. There was a beauty to having Sam Newman and anyone because in the day when you could be politically correct, Sam Newman was as good at putting his toe over the line as anybody's ever been. But uh, what's your dream pairing? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. I'll take a few of your calls. Is it Trent Cotchin and Joel Selwood? Here's what Kane and Sam had to say about Talking Footy this morning. Are you happy with Channel 7 bringing back Talking Footy? I saw this. Well, yeah. they had to bring something back because they were slapped on the wrist by the AFL for not having a single um, footy-dedicated program that uh, that took the game seriously. So I think, and the front bar is amazing, but this yeah. is a totally different show, of course, Talking Footy. And what sort of, because it's come back in a few iterations, what sort of guys is it going to come well, back in? I don't know. I'm assuming in the mould of what Talking Finals was like. So Selwood and Cochin are back. I, I think see the Mitch, usual crew. Mitch is involved. Mitch will be there. So hopefully there's a bit more of a news element to it. And are you worried? Hopefully, well, not really. Hopefully, you know, Joel and, and Trent come out of themselves a bit more and aren't afraid to did have they, a bit more of an opinion now that they're out a little bit. Did they I thought approach, they were a bit... Did they approach no, the volcano? Reserve. So did they uh, approach the volcano? No, of course not. Oh, there's a. I'm going to circle back on that question with that notice. That was Sam and Kane earlier today. Trent Cotchin and Joel Selwood. The resurrection of talking footy. Uh, I think it's a great pairing, and I think it's going to work. I think there's not two better players. I think of the past to get together and talk about footy. I'm looking forward to it as well. Are you? And what is your perfect pairing? Would it be Dustin Martin and Dane Swan? One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Your perfect pairing. Send through your text as well. Oh four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. We'll take a break. Come back with your calls and texts. And Dean Vickerman, not far away from joining us, Melbourne United coach. All still to come on Dwayne's World. Brick Lane Brewing. They're doing very tasty things. Find Brick Lane in all good bottle shops. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Few on the text reckon that they should have approached Kane Corns for the perfect pairing. Here's your perfect pairing for a talking footy reboot. Cochin and Sir were totally wrong. Can't have two yes men hosting. Well, there'll be another host, so it won't be them hosting. Um, Cochin and Selwood won't be hosting. There'll be someone with them, maybe like a Tim Watson. Um, no boredom there. It was Corns and Lyon. So there we go. Uh, maybe Kane Corns and Gary Lyon should have been purchased by Channel 7. Another one I'll watch it as long as it's not a snooze fest. Uh, another one here. Let's face it, Joel and Trent, lovely guys, but no personality. Bit of them 
a bit boring. Uh, I think it's going to work. They'll probably, well, it depends on who they put as host and how the chemistry is, but um, at least they'll be talking footy, and that's what the show is based around. It's a couple of intelligent guys talking footy. Dean Vickland is going to be talking some basketball with me, Melbourne United, flying. And the Melbourne United coach has been good enough to give us a couple of minutes of his time. Welcome to you, Dean. Great to have you on. Well, thanks for having me. It is exciting. It's down to the pointy end of the season now, and you guys are going well. You've got a couple of games left. You've got a couple of wins away from establishing top spot as yours. So it's all there for you. Yeah, three games to go, two rounds. Um, yeah, tough games. New Zealand are, are playing really well, and um, you know we get them off the back of a, a home game coming into us, and then we've got Cairns and. I think we've lost you there, have we? Cairns and Illawarra, you've got, uh, yeah, as part of round 21. Uh, we'll get you back. A couple of texts on the way to getting him back. Um, Dwayne, on Fox Footy on a Wednesday night, midweek madness. You call, you get on. <laughs> Thanks for that. I'll suggest that one. We can throw that up against uh, Talking Footy and uh, Footy Classified on a Wednesday night. Um, uh, Dean Vickerman's back on the line. Dean, uh, great to have you back. We just missed it, but... Uh, you were telling us you got Cairns around 21, Illawarra around 21 as well, which is a home game Sunday, Feb 18. You've got that home game against New Zealand coming up this Sunday, which is going to be big because they are playing pretty well. They beat Perth in Perth. And Zyland Cheatham's been a bit of a surprise, I suppose, for a few people. Probably no surprise for you, but they're going all right at the moment, New Zealand. Yeah, massive win over in Perth and kept himself in the, in the race for the playoffs and um, you know, they lose a, a key guy in, in Lamb with an Achilles. Um, but Findlaney kind of coming back into the mix as well. There's a lot of talent there on that group. So um, you expect them to be in a really tough game with Illawarra uh, on Friday night. And they've got depth of roster as well. Listen to the commentary of that game. Uh, they do bat deep. But you bat deep. You played 13 guys in your win against South East Melbourne Phoenix. Yeah, it was great to have the opportunity to, to be up 29 at, at three-quarter time and to you know allow some of our guys who haven't seen a lot of minutes recently to, to get out there. Um, they're possibly a little disappointed that we didn't put so many points on the board in the fourth quarter, but um, yeah, those, those experiences are, are great in, in case that there's things happen that we need some guys in the finals and they've got that, that time under their belt. Yeah, so you didn't really rely on well, you gave Chris Golding a bit of a rest, uh, seven points, 19 minutes, as opposed to what the game before. He normally plays about well, 30 or 31 minutes. So it is a chance for you to give a few guys some prime minutes as opposed to putting them on with two minutes to go when the game's done. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, over the course of these next three games, um, you know, we because there is a two-week break before mm. we're going to play our semi-final series as well. So... Um, we really want to get good minutes into to, to everybody over these next three games, and um, hopefully we can do that and, and, and get some wins as well. So we've seen, I mean, Perth has been a little bit up and down. You can lock in top spot and have it as yours, so you get the home ground advantage, home court advantage right through. But it's a sort of a tricky one because you want to reward your fans if they get there for round 21 against Illawarra, which will be a home game on Sunday as well. So you don't want to sit Chris Golding and your stars necessarily, even if you have top spot locked up? Yeah, it's not, not the intention at all. Um, you know, Illawarra are going to be 
um, gunning for something in that game. It's going to mean a, a whole lot to them. And, and again, we, we talk about preparing for a playoff series, you know, going to Cairns and coming back, you know, with a day's break before you play in Melbourne um, is a great preparation for what semifinals is going to be like. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll certainly be playing our main guys, um, you know, really good minutes, maybe not to the 30-minute mark, but uh, certainly, you know, somewhere mid-20s to 2.30. So you've got New Zealand Sunday, as we talked about. They play, as you mentioned, Illawarra Friday night at home. Do, do all your players watch these games? Do you sit down with them or do you ask them to watch the game in the lead-up to a team you've got two days later? Yeah, it's certainly been mentioned in our in our review uh, of the game the other day that, you know, this is one to, if you can watch it, watch it. But, um, yeah, you know, players are different. They Some people like to, to uh, are fans of the game and like to watch. Some people just like to, you know, see what we give them in scouting as their information. Um, yeah, other guys are diving deep into stats and, and different things. So we don't expect them to all be the same. But, um, yeah, I'd hope... Uh, that they plan their day a little bit, that they can have a good, uh, a good watch of that one. And in relation to other sports, I mean, I watch basketball with eyes of other sports as well. I'm curious about when you switch and when you follow a guy, try and break through screens and follow. Um, and it seems like as a coach and teams do it differently as well. Do you change in-game quite a bit? Yeah, there's always a plan B, you know, if, if we, we want to, uh, you know, chase a guy and rely on our help and and then you know they're too good that they can still you know catch it and make a floater and then it's got to get to the point that let's not allow them to catch it and so let's try and position our body to push them the other way and and do those kind of things so uh, i think you know if, if something's um continually beating you um and you're not and you've and you've done your best at it, then let's go to Plan B. So yeah, definitely in-game changes, and, and I think we had a couple even at halftime versus Southeast the other the other night. So do you think that's one of your main assets as a coach, the ability to read a situation and react well to it in-game? Yeah, I think as a team, we're we're happy to make changes to things that aren't working. Um, you know, you can you can be stubborn and you know stay with your system and this is how we guard things and, and not make a change. But it's not the, the club that we've been. We've always been willing to, to you know, try something. Obviously, we talk about a plan B through the week and we try and practice it through the week as, as well. Um, but sometimes it, it, it's just like, well, we haven't planned for this. It's a new, new set that we've seen. How are we going to guard it? You know, what's our new plan B as well? So um, I think we've got a really smart coaching staff and we've got to, you know, some of the guys on our team are the highest IQ guys in the league. So, you know, they keep us as coaches on our toes. And you sold out again for Sunday. I think all your games for the rest of the year are sold out. They're going to have to find you a bigger venue. Yeah, you know, our, our crowd numbers are up 25% on last year, which is which is massive. And, um, you know, I think we've sold out eight of the 14 home games. So, yeah, I think that's always the next step, right? You know, where what's 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 next, and um, you know, is there a larger venue in in town that you know can accommodate accommodate us, or you know, what can we do with government moving forward to say that we need a bigger venue, um, you know, in town as well? So, um, yeah, good problems to have, and and we really want to reward our fans by getting as many home games as possible during the playoffs.
So is that talks that are going to, I don't know, it's not your portfolio, but Rod Laver Arena is next door and you're packing out John Kane Arena. It seems to make sense that you use Rod Laver for throwdowns or maybe for finals. Yeah, but I'm not sure. I don't think that'll happen this year. But, mm. um, yeah, I'm sure the conversations are in the works to say, um, you know, what does it look like um, for, 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 you know, a few games. We did that in New Zealand when I was there that, you know, we continued to sell out North Shore Event Centre and then Spark Arena become available. And in the first years, we kind of split games between them and until the crowd capacity was at a point that we, you know, went everything to Spark Arena. So, yeah, I can see a similar thing happening here if, if um, you know, it, the availability is on track as well. As there's a lot of concerts going on in, in that mm. venue. So, um, yeah, love, love the opportunity and love the growth of the sport so far this year. I know you coach to win, and that's your prime objective, but are you also coaching to entertain? Are you taking a bit of pride in the fact that your style is also uh, it's, it's entertainment and people are loving it? Yeah, and, you know, we, we encourage our players, you know, being a defensive team, that hopefully that creates deflections, hopefully that creates fast-break opportunities. And I think when the game's played at the fastest pace that, is a is a major you know entertainment kind of key, and so you know does that revolve in now alley oop dunks? Does that involve um, you know three point shots on the fly? Um, and I think that's where major entertainment is. But I hope that our fans have got to the point where um, seeing Shaili take a charge and seeing Ariel Huckforty get a block shot that there's some of these defensive elements that. Um, that they really see as, as great entertainment also. No, it's a, it's a beautiful thing right now that you need a bigger venue. You're entertaining. You're also winning games. For those people who don't know what's happening, well, Melbourne United, 18 wins right now. Perth, second, 16 wins. I think Tassie's next best on the ladder with 14 wins. So with three games left, Melbourne United can lock it up. Top spot. And uh, it's a huge game coming up this Sunday for Melbourne United against New Zealand at John Kane Arena. Dean, Great stuff. Good to talk to you. Really appreciate your time. Good luck. I'll see you Sunday. I'll be there. All right. Thanks, Dwayne. Dean Vickerman joining us, Melbourne United coach. And, uh, yeah, I'm taking the family along. Can't wait to get there. It's always great entertainment. And uh, if you haven't been to an NBL game, make sure you get along uh, and you'll realise why they're looking for bigger venues right now. It's kind of the untold story of the NBL this year, the growth factor of a couple of the big gun teams in the comp especially. Dwayne's World for Brick Lane Brewing. They're doing very tasty things at Brick Lane. Find Brick Lane in all good bottle shops. And we're here for Athena Home Loans. Be rewarded for your loyalty at Athena Home Loans. Back with a few more of your calls and texts after the news. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's Wednesday for Midday Madness. It's a shorter Midday Madness today. But we'll be back for Midday Matters tomorrow for Work Locker, Karen Downs and Packenham and Workwear for wherever you work. We will sneak a call or two in if you want to jump on the open line right now. We'll get you on one three hundred seven three six seven three six. But we're heading to the cricket very shortly. And uh, it's a pretty big bit of cricket we've got coming up, given it's been a pretty interesting season overall. The summer's been fantastic. And the Shield match between Victoria has just been decided. And I think the Vicks have won. Adam White's been good enough to jump on the line and have a chat about it. Adam, great to have you on. Likewise, Dwayne. It's just great to be part of Midday Madness. We, we can keep it going for a little bit longer, can't we? Well, we did it in Adelaide because the test finished yeah, early. Right. So we had, we had five hours of <laughs> Midday Madness when that test finished early. So that's we could right. do that again. Let's start with the Shield. The Vicks have won. 
Yeah, they have, but gee, they had to fight hard for it today. So they've beaten South Australia seven down. Um, so there were some anxious moments today. Fair credit to uh, to South Australia. They fought really hard. They bowled extremely well today on a fourth day pitch. But in the end, it was 35 not out from Campbell Callaway. And Sam Harper, a quick fire 34 from 28, ultimately got them over the line. But uh, yes, there were some nervous times and some nervous coaches and players uh, watching on in the last couple of hours. So that finished uh, around about an hour ago down mm. at the, the Junction Oval. So what do we take out of this year's Shield season, do you think, Adam? What are we taking forward? Because we know that, I mean, what was once the entry level to the Test Arena has now been clouded a bit because we know that T20 form and 50-over form also contributes to whether you're in enough form to get in there or not. Yeah, no, I think that's fair because we've seen that over the last 12 months uh, particularly. I, look, I think what we're seeing at the moment from Victoria, Dwayne, is a very young team getting the job done. Uh, even if you look at this test, uh, if this uh, Shield game that's just finished, you know, Fergus O'Neill taking another five-wicket haul yesterday. Um, Campbell Callaway getting them over the line with the bat today, which I think is a really good sign. You know, Todd Murphy, I mean, everyone thinks he's a bit of a veteran. He's... He's less than 22 years of age. Uh, he took three wickets yesterday. There's Mitch Perry as well. And, of course, Will Sutherland, who's playing for Australia mm. at the moment, he's the captain of Victoria, and he's only 24. So I think that's where it's an exciting time for the Victorian men's cricket team, that their, their best players are almost their young players, and a lot of them are bowlers. And in Shield cricket, Dwayne, bowlers win your matches, mm. uh, particularly with the way that the, the wickets are set up these days where they are more bowler-friendly. And Victoria have got sort of five, six, maybe even seven players that can make up that bowling group or in any match and be really competitive. So we did see a really good story, I thought, this week with Nick Maddinson making 100. Now, Nick Maddinson's made 16 first-class centuries and he's been a, an amazing player for Victoria since he came down from New South Wales when he didn't even have a, have a contract. But it is 14 months since he had played any first-class cricket because he had a, a knee reconstruction and, and had complications with that knee reconstruction through his rehabilitation. He lost his spot in the, the Melbourne Renegades team when he came back maybe a little bit early um, when he was captain, but in his first Red Bull innings, to, to be able to score 100 when everyone else struggled on that pitch at Junction Oval just shows what a talented player he, he is and clearly was the, was the difference when you look at the two teams over the four days. Yeah, so... I mean, it's exciting times for Australian cricket. But then again, New Zealand are pretty good too. So, I mean, it could hit a brick wall this whole summer. We've just lost a test to the West Indies. We wouldn't want to go out of this summer by losing to New Zealand. That would probably put a big dampener on what's been a, a pretty good couple of months. Look, absolutely. And I think, you know, particularly with not just what happened in Brisbane, but I think if you look at the entire summer, Australia was not nearly near their best through that test series against Pakistan and then again against the West Indies. And, you know, they will tell you privately that they're all a bit tired and jaded after mm. what was a, a very long year with a World Cup and Ashes and an Indian series and the World Test Championship as well. But the reality is Australia should have played a lot better against Pakistan and the West Indies. So going over to play in New Zealand conditions where they will set up conditions to really test our batting lineup, which has been poor as a collective over the summer, uh, the pressure's on Australia in that series. It's going to be fascinating to see how they respond after that disappointment in Brisbane. 
And today's one day in Canberra. How's the weather looking? Uh, how's the lineup looking? Well, I'll tell you what, the weather is looking significantly better than what was promised right. by the Bureau. The Bureau <laughs> at the moment is out of form. They need to be dropped. <laughs> there was meant to be 45 to 70 mils of rain in Canberra today, and they've right. hardly got a drop. So as it stands at the moment, we will get underway on time. So it's a 2.30 start. I know we're on air from around about 5 to 2 with a toss at 2 o'clock. Um, there is a change with Matt Short uh, with his hamstring issue. So unfortunately, he will miss the game. So Ben McDermott comes into the team. So we'll get a, another look at Fraser McGurk at the top as well. Um, and then we just still have to wait to see what the bowling lineup will be um, at the toss of the coin. So obviously, Australia are looking to the future a little bit with this squad. So it's a bit of a mix of, um, you know, some of the stars like Smith and Labuschagne. Um, and then and then to have a look at, say, Hazelwood, uh, sorry, um, looking at Inglis at the top and then obviously Fraser McGurk at the top as well. But someone like Amanis Labuschagne, Dwayne, this is his opportunity to get mm. a little bit of form going into that New Zealand series because he's not going to get too many opportunities between now and that first test in New Zealand against, you know, reasonable opposition to, to get a score on the board. And yet a new ball's a new ball. So, you, I mean, the, the reshuffling of the batting order, Steve Smith, Manus Labuschagne, Cam Green, um, and now Fraser McGurk to open. So, I mean, they could have just stuck with what they've got in preparation for the test, the Aussie selectors, but they've decided that, no, no, that's not what we do. We do 50 over uh, batting order as opposed to what's best for um, Steve Smith, maybe, to see the new ball and open or what Manus Labuschagne would like. Yeah, that's exactly right. So I know there has been some criticism that Australia aren't playing their best team at the moment. But in a way, I think they, they kind of are. They're, they're resting a couple of players, obviously Cummins and, and Stark. But I think they're quite open-minded about what the batting lineup will look like. So obviously it's still four years until there's a World Cup, but it's only two years until a Champions Trophy. And we don't play nearly as much one-day international cricket as we once did. So our best team will be there for the T20s, which is uh, later this week, and then there's some games being played in New Zealand as well. So that's when, you know, the Maxwells come back, Cummins, etc. But I still think that they're, you know, while they're experimenting a little bit, I think this is a bit of a snapshot to, to the future is what an Australian one-day team might look like, you know, into the near future. Yeah, I had Jason Holder on the program yesterday, actually, and he, he explained why he's playing T20s and didn't play in the test series. And how are we going to go in the test? Well, I should be asking you about this afternoon, firstly, yeah. but... How are we going to go this afternoon and how will we go in the T20s against the West Indies? Well, I think the T20s are going to be a much bigger test for Australia because the West Indies are playing their best possible side. So Holder, I mean, Holder should be in their test team, uh, but he wants to focus more on T20 cricket. But uh, the likes of Andre Russell um, and also Nicholas Peran come back in. So players that we, we know as cricket fans, you know, they've played in the BBL. Um, they've played for the West Indies for a long time. So a lot more firepower in the batting. Um, the bowling's still a little bit hit and miss, but I think where we've seen in these two one days with the West Indies, I think they've competed pretty well with the ball, particularly in Sydney, but they just can't score enough runs because they just don't have enough experienced players there. So I think that's why Australia will ultimately prevail today um, and be too good in a 50-over cricket. But when we get to the T20s, I think it might be a, a little bit different. West Indies clearly are better at T20 cricket than any other form, and I still think at the moment, it's, while Australia were the T20 world champions from a couple of years ago, I'm still, I still think that's probably ranked third on their list of, of what they're best at. Mm. So how much would it be a knock to our summer if we lost the T20s? No one's really getting all that carried away about the one-day internationals, but they get 
more Australian fans tend to carry on more if we lose. Yeah, that's so right. if we win, no one cares. Oh, yeah, it's just another win. But if You're we right. lose, all of a sudden, everyone would have watched it. And that's the nature of playing a, a team like the West Indies, isn't it? I mean, there's just the expectation that we'll win. So if if we lose, well, that's that's the worst thing in the world. And I think in, in T20 cricket, anything is possible. So it's much more likely for there to be an upset in a T20 game compared to a test match, which made what happened in Brisbane just so miraculous. But I think where this is important, Dwayne, for Australia is these T20 matches against the Windies and then, as I said, going across to the, to New Zealand, they're all prime for this this T20 World Cup in the West Indies and, and America in the middle part of the year. So, you know, for players particularly, they are trying to lock in spots now. So these these games are very serious for them. So if we were to lose this series, clearly it's not the end of the world, you know, from, I think from a, a general perspective. But for the players, if they were to fail in these tournaments now, these little mini tournaments, you know, it might cost them their spot in the World Cup team. Adam, great to have a chat to you. Always good to be able to pick your brain, talk some cricket and get you on for Midday Madness. So thanks for having a bit of Midday Madness with me. No, fantastic. Absolute honour, Dwayne. Good luck for the rest of the show. Adam White, who's going to be calling the game from Canberra in about uh, seven or eight minutes' time when we wrap it all up. Uh, Jason Holder was on the program yesterday. It's there on the podcast. The, t- the show is always on the podcast. You can either download the bits and pieces, the little chats that we have, like our chat with Dean Vickerman, which uh, we just had, the Melbourne United coach, or you can download the whole show. Had Jason Holder on the program yesterday, and I like the fact that he called me man. He was pretty good, but uh, here's a bit of Jason Holder on the way to the break. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I pretty much like it, man. It's a really nice product, man. Yeah, I love golf, man. Yeah, I enjoy it heaps, man. Not playing to it, though, man. And I'm feeling really good about, about myself because no one's called me man for quite a while, so I enjoyed that <laughs> as well. Thanks, to, thanks for coming in. Brick Lane Brewing. They're doing very tasty things. Find Brick Lane in all good bottle shops. Athena will help you pay down your home loan faster. Visit athena.com.au Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Thanks to all of you who took the time to dial the number or send through a text today. Very much appreciate your text and your calls for Midday Madness. Back for Midday Madness tomorrow. A couple of texts that have come through on your perfect pairing for a footy show. Talking footy style footy show. Is it Trent Cotchin and Joel Selwood, which could make the show work? I think they could. But as I mentioned, uh, I think Dustin Martin and Dane Swan would be a damn good pairing for a show that would rate uh, one here. Dwayne, don't be surprised if the trend swings are political correctness and popularity for characters such as Dane Swan goes through the roof. The silent majority have had enough of all the woke BS. Thank you for that. Uh, Cochin's Vanilla, uh, there's quite a bit of that coming through as well. Uh, me and Derm would be perfect for a footy show pairing pipe. Darren in Vermont, thank you, Darren. It'd have to be an hour show because once Derm and I start talking, it's pretty hard to stop us. Uh, Selwood Cochin, not great. Um, I I won't read all of them out, but anyway, there's a couple here suggesting that Luke Hodge, Tom Morris, Patrick Dangerfield would be the perfect pairing. And another one here, women's footy on Channel 7, Abby Holmes, Aaron Phillips, that's from Dean. Uh, Kane's right, as long as they're not reserved and actually have a crack, it'll be good. And another here, Dwayne, that'll be hard to beat on the couch with uh, Gary Bucks and Jonathan Brown. Thanks for that, Susan, as well, for your support. Best analysis show, according to Susan. Sunday night's first crack with Kingy, Joey and Hutto, and I can't argue with that. Thanks to all of you who have sent through text today. A couple of, well, we've been brought to you by the great people at Werribee Kia, and if you are in the market for a new car, the team at Werribee Kia would look after you if you drop down there, just like family. I was down there about a week or so ago, and they'd love to see you. 
They've got the EV9 available for test drive. You can chat to the team, book your test drive place right now. They've got a heap of brand-new Kias on offer at drive-away prices. You've got the 2024 new Picanto, 19990 2024 Stonic from 24990 2024 Seltos from 3990 2024 Sportage from 36990 And uh, if you drop down there, they'll give you a great trade-in as well. They've got the Sorento down there, the 2024 Sorento from 53990 I should say, 53990 Finance options available. And they've got, I think, 300-plus late-model used cars in stock. So they'll offer you a top dollar for your training as well. So drop down to Werribee here. Tell them we sent you old Geelong Road Hoppers Crossing and be sure to check out the EV9 while you're down there. WerribeeKear.com.au LMCT114. Before I hand over to the gurus that are going to bring you the cricket this afternoon from Canberra, some celebration of some lies for Tobin Brothers Funerals, a family-owned business since 1934. Happy birthday to AFL players Jacob Hopper and Luke Ryan who turned 27 and 28, respectively, today. Thanks for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Visit tobinbrothers.com.au. Tobin Brothers Funerals celebrating lives. Our cricket team, our commentary team, John Donoghue, Bryce McGain, and Adam White for the call. Over to you, boys. I'm looking forward to it. Midday Madness back tomorrow at midday.